was white knuckling this affirmation for months until I believed it. I, I, I said it nonstop all day, every day. I would hike and I would say it hundreds of times. People probably thought I was nuts sitting there saying, everything always works out for me. Everything always works out for me. We are live and here with the amazing Stephanie Perucci, who runs a full-out media company out of Colorado. Thank you so much, Stephanie. How are you doing? Really, really good. Thank you. It's really, a gorgeous really morning, and I, I love the summer. <laughs> yeah, winters are a little tough. Where you are uh, Aspen? Yeah, winters are like eight months long in Aspen proper. I'm a little bit down valley. We get a couple months more sun per year I find myself um, and I know you, know, you uh, you've heard me say this I find myself dipping in the hot springs in five degree weather just to like get outside and breathe fresh air without without being covered in in many many layers yeah. so I'm just I'm not into it I, I much prefer my skin in the air <laughs> with, with without the risk of freezing to death you know, six, eight months out of the year. Yeah, it's tough to commune with nature when it's sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know what I would do without the hot springs. <laughs> are, are the hot springs close to where you were at? Yeah, so I'm in Carbondale, and almost any direction I go in, I can find some sort of hot spring, either on the side of a highway. They're actually outstanding in the winter time because really? they're in the summer with the rivers being high a lot of the hot springs are sort of blown out um but but then 20 minutes down toward glenwood there's tons of more commercial options as well so pretty much any time snow sleet zero degrees i'm in a bikini outside that's so awesome I, I feel kind of ripped off because I spent about four years in Colorado and I don't have any hot spring experience. I was in Aspen, Vail, Keystone, Breckenridge, the Springs, Denver, Fort Collins, you name it, but I've never had a hot spring. When you return from your interesting, like, where's Waldo experience traveling the world, <laughs> you definitely are staying here and, and we'll make up for it and you'll get some hot springs action. <laughs> I will make it a point of coming up there when it's cold so I can get the, the true hot springs <laughs> experience. <laughs> And maybe some skiing too. Uh, that's all you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ski at all, huh? No, no. There's no time for that. Ah, that's true. It's, it's like gulping. It takes time. You're, you're committing a whole day if you go. You're committing a whole day. I'm a single mom. It's not the right time in my life. Like, there's things I want to do for my child right now, and I'm just, I'm just in a season of of going really, really hard, working when I don't have him when he's with his dad. And then when I do have him, I really don't work. So I'm, I'm working quite part-time so that I can give him the experience of a really present mom as much as I can. That's so awesome. I think you're, I don't want to say you're lucky because it's by design, but you know, a lot mm -hmm. of parents just aren't, don't seem to be able to give their child that level of presence. And I think that's kind of tragic because kids really need that. Well, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about making choices based off your thoughts and that's extremely courageous right mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't think i can work part-time as a single mom in one of the most expensive areas in the country i have no trust fund i can't call my parents if if i get in a pickle 
but I have chosen and I have intentionally wired my life so that I can work as few hours as possible and support my kid with um, a quite incredible, luxurious life most of the time. And I think, you know, when you're looking at the world in terms of, um, you know, what is the world going to be able to give me that's very different than the mentality of what am I going to take from the world? Because it's mine. I can, I can take whatever I want. I can craft and create and, um, and kind of cultivate the things that my son and I need. And I don't know any, I don't know many women, especially not at Aspen who really understand the power that, that they have. No, it's, it's true. Now let's, Let's back up because I want to get your your thoughts on that because I know I've seen a powerful transformation in you over the years. But for people who don't know about your background, kind of bring us up to speed because it wasn't that long ago that things weren't that fantastic, (laughs) to say the least. Oh, yeah. I would be uh, lying if I said there weren't moments that I get really scared. Um, Unfortunately, uh, my ex-partner is extremely sociopathic, really frightening person. Um, when I met you, I had been two years into what ended up being a four-year journey of tremendous legal abuse by someone who has an extreme, extreme form of narcissistic personality disorder. And I think just in 2021 and 2022, I invested about... Um, and I'm intentionally saying invest $140,000 into defending myself against false claims in court. So we're talking 70 grand a year on top of what I need to, to live and make it in Aspen. So I had to make uh, quite a bit m- more money than I really wanted to because remember my, my jam is hanging out with my kid. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, what happened is, you know, I was working with a publishing company in Chicago in 2010. That's when I met uh, my kid's dad. I loved what I was doing um, because prior to that, I'd worked in finance and I was working as like an investment advisor and um, I did some stuff in, in banking and financial planning but it didn't really turn me on. I knew I wanted to be a writer because I felt like in finance, I couldn't express myself. Everything had to be compliant. It wasn't that creative streak. You couldn't express yourself. Yeah, it was like going against the grain for me as a creator and an artist. And so I said, you know, where, where, how can I do art and writing and get paid for it? And, And so I fell into the internet marketing scene in Austin, Texas. I moved there around 2011 with the CEO of that publishing company. And we um, we were selling books through direct response marketing. They were like 50 page books we could sell for hundreds of dollars because eBooks were like a, a new thing back then. Yep. And you would write a killer sales letter and you know, 101 weight loss tricks and people were like eating it up, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so I got into writing. It was amazing. And then um, a financial education company needed me 
uh, both for my internet marketing skills at the time, hustling stuff online, and they needed to sell through story. Um, so I was assisting with a financial education company, met my kid's dad, and, and it was one of these things like we went on one date and then all of a sudden I found myself in the Cook Islands marrying this person. Um, I don't think my parents knew I was even seeing anybody. It was, it was, it was an extreme, extreme rebound, um, type of thing. It happened very, very quickly. And, uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially when there's a child involved, there's just no, mm -hmm. no separation yeah. after that. Yeah. So what you have seen in terms of my transformation has been, um, just kind of critical to keep my head on straight because I just, I, I really can't afford to screw around with life. I'm um, somewhat, uh, I'm still somewhat attached to this, um, this crazy person and walking on eggshells quite a bit. So, you know, it forced me in the most, um, the, the path that I chose was to take the high road, to live a life of, um, that's above reproach and to really do the most extraordinary things I could for my community, whether it's, you know, showing up at school board meetings, um, which I'm usually outnumbered. I'll tell you that, but showing up I at school imagine. board meetings, <laughs> the schools are very, very woke in, uh, in, in Aspen. So yeah, I'm well, it's not just Aspen either. <laughs> It's like me and the cowboys, <laughs> like, don't talk about sex with kids. And <laughs> they're like, we Is it love that hard? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't even God. get me started. <laughs> like the porn they're showing kids, like eight-year-olds, like it is unbelievable what's going on in Colorado. Now they're even threatening to force the Christian schools or the religious schools. I'm not sure which one, but I think the bill is HR 25. And they want to force the Christian schools to identify um, the uh, to to have the kids um, identify, uh, I guess, not identify with any gender and 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 accept through their tests that there's you know a bazillion different genders and pronouns, et cetera. Right. How many are there now? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess now in the state of Colorado, they're teaching the kids that the founding fathers were all gay. So you know, it's it's it's. They are really overplaying their hand. And so mama bears like me get to show up in the community and we get to fight back and say, well, wait, first of all, get this out of school. Second of all, our reading and math scores suck. So maybe we should be focusing on that. And mm -hmm. so what this what this really called me, um, what this legal abuse has called me to do is, like I said, to be above reproach, but also to be such an active member of my community. Um, in some ways it was to protect myself, but unfortunately, um, part of my activism in my community was was um, was through medical freedom and medical sovereignty, and and just um, trying to trying to spread the news that you know some people can't wear masks because of asthma or you know rape trauma, and so you know I was using every every trick I could. I had all of the different um, you know medical sovereignty. Um, legislation like memorized in the state of Colorado and I was running around the city letting people know what their rights were <laughs> with like a five-year-old on my hip and uh, and unfortunately my um, uh, my darling sociopathic ex 
found out and tried to put me in jail. So everything I do, even if it's in the spirit of love and kindness and compassion for my community, will get twisted and I will end up in front of the judge who seems to be sick of it. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I would have gone a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you've got to. I cannot believe that you ended up in court over your stance on medical sovereignty. My constitutional rights, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my thing was like, with not only just medical rights, but like, how about I don't want to wear the damn thing? How about that? <laughs> right. That's my right. right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I, yeah, I don't know. We could, we could go for hours on that, but. Well, you uh, and I are super healthy people too. So it just seems so absurd that we would be scared of, of uh, much. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, in general. <laughs> so no. like my, my kid has sick friends and I have a, a friend of mine who's a single dad, this guy, Jeff, and he, he calls me and he's like, my kid's throwing up, but I need to go show up for his psychopath acts uh, in court. And I said, bring the kid here. Hunter and I are impervious to sickness. And he brought his kid over, the, grabbed a bucket. The kid laid right there behind me puked several times and Hunter and I never, ever even got a sniffle. So I'm, I'm just, I just don't get sick. Plus I tell myself I don't get sick. <laughs> yeah. Because that's part of your story. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, I very rarely get sick every once in a while. I'm, like I did get COVID, like the whole beginning of that thing. Can we even say that anymore? Or is that still on the band list? Hmm. Eh, I don't know. I, I mean, you can call it the bioweapon. Right. Yeah. The when when we when they released the bioweapon, everybody, you know, I didn't slow my lifestyle down at all. And right. I had all these people, and I'm sure they're very well-meaning sheep, but like, oh my God, you're going to get COVID and you're going to die and blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, you're partially right. I am going to get COVID. It, if it's a real thing, I'm going to get COVID and it's ain't going to be shit and I'm going to be fine and I'm going to go on and live my life. What I'm not going to do is live my life in fear. Yeah, exactly. Because that's going to weaken your immune system. <laughs> yep. And then they close gyms. It's almost like there was a deliberate attack on people doing anything to build their health, their constitution and their resistance to disease and everything else. It's, it's, Depends on how deep you want to go down that hole, but yeah. I, I... Of course, yeah. Scared people are, are easy to control, so I think, you know, that's fundamentally the the transformation that that I decided to make from the time I met you until now was I'm not living in fear on any level, not of anybody's legal, not of anybody's attorney, not of anybody's bioweapon, not of anybody's threats, not of anybody's poverty, not of anybody's, you know, single motherhood excuses. They are a million excuses for not showing up and that people can uh, make being single parents and, um, and all of these excuses and every I can't and every what about me and every victim mentality. This is all fear. This is all coming from um, from, from not, not, uh, taking, um, your birthright, which is a very powerful being and all of those things make you so much more easy to control. And I think this is the story. It's, it's the story of humanity, yeah. which is the more you scare people, the more you can control people and true freedom is just being free from fear. Yeah.
That, no, that's that's 100% right. And fear is the greatest control mechanism because not only can you control them, but you cause the fear and then cause the problem that causes the fear and sell the solution. As we've yeah, seen. exactly. So you can control people and make money. I don't go to gyms, but... Uh, but I will say I, I was doing yoga and my studio decided not to close. So I got really lucky. Um, yeah, I listened to people like in California and, and, and there were like some unincorporated sections of the mountains where people are like, I'm not closing anything down. And, um, so I also was able to live in this extremely weird sort of these parallel universes where you go down to like Lauren Boebert country and people are like, I am not closing shit. And then you go up to Aspen and everyone's like, well, you know, with their masks on. And so uh, I got to see the, um, the futility and the silliness of people who were wrapping their faces up in these filthy, disgusting, chemical-laden masks and then mm -hmm. I got to see Down Valley cowboy country where people were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and, yeah, no. And I just made a choice. I was like, um, I'm going with y'all. <laughs> I always choose freedom, period. Yeah. I don't like being told what to do in the first place. And then when there's the government behind it as well. Yeah. Yeah. That generally doesn't sit well with me because... Well, history and all. Yeah, history. And <laughs> I wish more... Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that scares me the most, and we've got a long-term plan to take over um, uh, as best we can to turn the school boards, we're getting a very late start. Um, but, but, but one of the things that hurts me the most is to see the rewriting of history and to realize how inaccurate our history books are. Parents almost don't have a choice but to homeschool if they want a modicum of accuracy. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And all the different rules they're pulling, they're just trying to take, you know, separate the families, take, who was it, uh, California? Yeah, if the parent doesn't, the law they just passed, if the parent does, the child says they want to be something else and the parent doesn't get them that of gender affirming care right away, they can take the child from the parent. It's called considered child abuse, according to that law. Yeah, technically it's the same in Colorado, you know. Um, there's there's a lot of attorneys that are working with with local parents on um, basically uh, basically making them um, for all intents and purposes uh, escaping for medical freedom just to protect their children and getting out of some of these uh, more progressive states. But I know that when my son's teachers bait him and tell him that oh he has long blonde hair he's very pretty he is adorable and yeah. sweet and soft and and he has very very long blonde hair and always gets mistaken for a girl and um i know the first time some teacher starts grooming him and tells him he should go by she her and i say no baby you need we don't we don't hurt ourselves we don't we don't lie you know, your body, your cells, your DNA, you are a little man, you are mommy's little man. And, and just in my words, in the story that I speak, in the thoughts that I have, I'm not going to lie. That is it. That is rule number one in our household. By playing that game 
it's not pretend it's not cute you're you're not a little kid you're you're eight years old you know and and i'm already preparing to get my son to defend himself and say nope sorry i'm not gonna lie i'm using these pronouns i'm not gonna use your pronouns you're a girl i'm a boy and we've got to really prepare the children to stick up for themselves because in the state of Colorado as well, CPS can knock on my door and take my kid away if they think I'm hurting him by not using his pronouns. So we are already, as, um, as caring parents, awakened parents, whatever you want to say, we are already preparing for that. You have to. It was like in, when we were kids, you know, preparing the, for the, the stranger in the van to offer them candy. Don't get in bands with strangers, okay? Don't listen to your teachers. They're idiots, <laughs> you know? It's sad that you, the, the, the people that we have to protect our children from nowadays are the people who are in charge of teaching them and taking care of them. Yeah. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. Well, and the teachers and the doctors, what's, what's, what's really sad, and someone tells me this happened, I don't know, in the, in the 1940s in Europe, but what happened in our, our, our society over the last three years is if a three-letter organization such as the American Pediatric Association, let's say, says that they condone XYZ behavior or treatment, if the doctors do not then follow suit and condone the treatment, then the doctors are going to lose their licenses or get fired. Um, probably both. So if, if your pediatrician is not like, yeah, I would love to just jab your kid with all of the COVID shots and boosters that I can. Um, if, if they don't at least say that the parents can opt out still, thank God for now. But if the pediatricians don't encourage it or condone it, then they will lose their jobs. Happened with, with MDs. It's happening with the, um, happening with the teachers now. If the teachers do not um, call the kids by the pronoun the kid um, demands, then the teacher loses their job. So I think there's a lot of really great teachers with with uh, heads on straight and good hearts who are not empowered enough to get out of the system and so they comply with the system. Oh well, yeah, they're trapped by the matrix. They have to keep their job to put food on their table, put a roof over their head, provide food for their own children, you know? So it's that, you know, it's that decision that they have to make. And a lot of yeah. them they don't have any alternative. And I, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people who realize this isn't right, but I have to do it or I'm going to be out on the street or my family's going to be hurt, you know? Yep. I have had doctor, my, one of the doctors where my son visits, I had uh, extremely strong arguments, naively thinking maybe I could get her to uh, consider my very well-researched position. And she said, you know, I have a family to feed. I don't have the freedom to listen to what you're saying because it will cost me the ability to feed my children. So, you know, yeah, there's a part of me though that was like, well, you're an asshole and uh, you're exactly what's wrong because when we comply, you know, you're making it like, had you the capacity to get out of line, to defect from this system, 
maybe you would empower 10,000 other doctors, right? So I'm so naive and I'm looking at people and I'm going, well, where's your power and why, why won't you stick up for people? And, and you just have such a vast majority of people who are not strong enough to stick up for themselves, let alone for others. Yep. That's the thing. They don't have the capacity either, whether it's being emotionally or financially. Because like in her case, her feeding her children, providing for her family, trumps doing the right thing or making sure your kids are taken care of. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Two, a little over two years ago, it did get tough for my son. We were living in a hotel. We were absolutely homeless. We could not find even a storage space. We had we got rid of almost, well, we got rid of literally every piece of furniture. We didn't have a couch for, oh my gosh, a very long time. Um, well, look, when, when, when you and I first met or were first introduced, you were getting the shit, you were getting the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. You were in the yeah, process yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. <laughs> you were, yeah. and, and that's, that's so amazing that, you know, so yeah. Better subject here. Look at where you are now. It's gotten better. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. At all times, for as long as I'm on earth, because I have a good heart, because I'm a strong, confident person, um, because I'm empowered, because I believe in myself, and most especially because I'm absolutely head over heels in love with God. And sort of the deal is that you stop looking at this life as, as the end game. It's just training camp for a, a better place in the next life. And I fully expect that I'm going to encounter um, plenty of attacks through humans, through demons. I don't know where they're coming from. Once you just accept that and you can really live with this surrender and peace and understand that, and this was my first mantra. You and I have talked a lot about my affirmation, um, my affirmation work, but my very first one, I think I actually, I think I actually shared this one with you, uh, 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 within the last six months in a message, but my very, very first affirmation that I clung to, I mean, just. I was white knuckling this affirmation for months until I believed it. I, I, I said it nonstop all day, every day. I would hike and I would say it hundreds of times. People probably thought I was nuts sitting there saying, everything always works out for me. Everything always works out for me. And that's crazy talk because as entrepreneurs and students of language, we don't use words like always and never. Oh no, right. I used, I went for it. Always. <laughs> All the way. I <laughs> Everything love that. always works out for me. And that allows me to be more in the present moment, to have less worries about the future. Right. Well, it takes time. And when we had that discussion about one affirmation, instead of having a bunch of affirmations, having one affirmation that you drill mm -hmm. in, drill in, drill in nonstop, like you said, white knuckle it, clean it, make it yours, make it part of your system, hardwire it into you. That takes Four or five months? Yeah-ish. So neuroscientists disagree, which is good, but from the research we have and, and from what I've read and from all the interviews I've done with all these neuroscientists, 
over the course of the last three, four years that I've been, that I've been, been working on the manifestation course that I did, it was um, between eight and 20 weeks it takes to rewire a single thought. A single. A single thought. So if, if, if you're playing victim and you're going, man, my life sucks, and you want to rewrite that story, I recommend rewriting that story. That would be one I would highly recommend. <laughs> eight and 20 weeks and i would put emotion behind it so if you find yourself saying i want to kill myself if you find yourself saying my life sucks if you find yourself saying i'm an idiot if you find yourself saying something really negative you will because it's it's because that's the direction your brain is giving your brain is going to materialize those thoughts and so I, 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 I was living in tremendous fear. It was when, you know, people are showing up at my doors with stacks of papers and I'm getting threatened, you know, legally and scared. When I first met you, I, I really thought, wow, this, this person's going to take my child from me. Um, and so at that point, rolling into COVID, I was like, I'm not scared of anything because that was the scariest Holy thing. Shit. But, <laughs> but, um, but that was when that was when I clung to that that idea that everything always works out for me. And then the legal stuff heated up and I needed to retain an attorney both in the district court as well as the appeals court for for another uh, motion that I, I kind of I won. But there was like a part a part of the language I wasn't cool with. And so uh, so I had these two attorneys at $425 an hour in the appeals court and $250 an hour in the district court. And I'm working with these people every day. This is adding up. And so my next affirmation after everything always works out for me, which I probably used that affirmation, I would say for, for maybe four or five, six months. The next one, when I really started getting some bills to pay, um, was I gratefully received the magnificent flow of financial abundance that's coming into my life right now. And I said it every day. It's almost day. like you've said that before. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few times. I gratefully receive the magnificent flow of financial abundance that's coming into my life right now. And that was really turning a corner for me financially, was when I just was living in this state of gratitude in this in this expectation, I see that affirmation. I see the money just pummeling me, and you know, like I'm in a video games and coins are falling from the sky. Like I just was it Richie Rich it. with the all the all the like coming in on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I just really felt and saw that affirmation, and 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 that was another one. I just made it my meditation all day long, and and um. And, uh, and and what what you'll also notice about the affirmations that I choose and repeat is that you know they're they're really really confidence language focused you right. know it's it's not like I want I hope no, I need no, no. it's it's they're 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 just really punch you um, in the throat they're in it yeah 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 there's there's no gray area I want I wanted. And, and I have now, I now understand that everything always works out for me, you know, and I understand. Yeah. And I understand that money's always coming my way sometimes at the last minute, but that's okay. <laughs> as long as it comes, you know, I, 
when I first really, really dove headfirst into personal development, I read the book Goals by Brian Tracy. Mm-hmm. Great book. Um, and one, there are a couple of main points that I took from it. One was everything personal, present, positive tense. And meaning not I will drive a Maserati or I or anything like that is right. I right now like you I gratefully receive that's present tense yeah. you know what I mean so I created when I started my real estate career I you know I don't come from money we didn't talk about money I'd never never done real estate before got my license had no idea what I was doing but I picked up that book about the same time and I remember I focused on one I can't remember what he called it, but it's just basically your primary objective right. So he has listing all your other goals, but that's what the one you focus on. You like list your 10 goals and figure out which one is going to make the most traumatic change in your life in the direction that you want. Mm -hmm. And that becomes your mantra. And for me, it was a little bit more direct. It was, it was, I earned $20,000 a month. Yeah. That was inconceivable money to me at the time because I grew up on a farm in central Minnesota and, but I, I just, I did it. I I carried around a, a note. Uh, no card in my wallet where I wrote it on there a bunch of times. I would keep a no car in the visor of my car where I'd stop at a stoplight. If you slip it down, I'd be like, I earned $20,000 a month. I earned $20,000 a month. Like a maniac screaming it, like you said, with emotion. And I'm sure that there were people in other cars that are like rolling up their windows. <laughs> but it, it took exactly six months. My six month in real estate, I earned $20,000. A little bit more. Wow. Yeah. And this is from nothing. And this was, you know, not during any sort of boom or anything like that. It was just a regular real estate market. And that's when I really, I kind of figured out the the power of focusing on one main thing. And I had kind of, unfortunately, I'll admit it, I kind of fallen out of that. And then when I saw you make that post on Facebook about focusing on one affirmation, instead of spreading your your energy, whatever you call it, your universal energy or physical mental energy across a bunch of goals, you focus on one. And so I've been doing that ever since that conversation. It was about a month ago. We were texting because I remember I was in Colorado. So maybe it was like, oh, shoot, maybe it was four months ago. <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah, so I've, I've got my one affirmation that I am sticking to for like six months. I love it. You know, you can use affirmations not just to call in prosperity, not just to eliminate fear, but I've even used them to soften my personality because I, you know, my grandma, no, I'm not soft. No, no, no. I have a terrible temper. I, 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 I don't, I don't suffer fools gladly. You know, I have, I have almost like, um, I, I, I used to have, I guess I've really healed it, but I used to have like a real tendency to just kind of look at someone and, and you know, they're wearing they're, they were double masking. And I was just like, fuck you, you know, like I just look at people with I just this disdain. We <laughs> 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 just look at people with this disdain. And, and I knew that this was not you know, this, this, I'm like looking at Gandhi. I'm looking at the poetry that Rumi wrote. I'm looking at Jesus Christ. I'm looking at the Buddha. And I'm like, these folks are vibrating at such a high level. And it's not beneath them to be kind. Right. And I'll be kind to somebody who's wearing two masks, but they're still stupid. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I think I was calling people out though and, and getting told off and cussed out. And I was just causing a lot of tension in my community. And, and um, I was listening to one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. David Hawkins. And man, he's so smart. And he did this he did like 20 years of kinesiological testing and he studied all the great uh, thinkers in literature and and he just had this almost like almost like a laughing silly sweet energy about him almost like a it's it almost sounded like a naivete even though he was brilliant and you right. look at um reports i'm not sure if they're true of einstein having a really silly side as well we don't right. you know i mean i'm we also want to respect these people they're absolute geniuses right <laughs> so, so i don't want to associate them with like being goofballs but but i'm looking at people who really vibrate at an extremely high level and so one of the affirmations I started last uh, Thanksgiving, you know, funny enough, right after seeing my family. And uh, <laughs> so I was in Chicago and I was visiting family and I don't know why, I just, I felt compelled to use this new affirmation. Um, I am kind, <laughs> sweet, loving, and compassionate. I bring love and light everywhere I go. And I, I hated saying it because I'm not a love and light type person. I'm like, I'm like, more of a, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to fuck up society type person. I'm more of like, you know, I, I want to get out there and kick some ass. You know, my archetype is not like the sweet loving maiden. My archetype is very masculine, very much a warrior, very much an entrepreneur. You know, I have warrior, gritty... yes, masculine, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, thank you. I, I've worked very, very hard. Um, on balancing what was a codependent passive personality with this absolute lioness inside of me. And when the lioness was, was called upon or that mama bear was called upon, it came out very violently. And so I've really worked hard to feel a little bit more equanimity with people around me because I was getting incensed by idiots. All the time <laughs> yeah i've been on a little bit of that same journey myself because i gotta <laughs> I keep my zen self kind of centered and let it go yeah 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 <laughs> just let it go <laughs> yeah and love and um, light stephanie i like it yeah the more, the more <laughs> i think the more you know and, and it's funny because my son never knew what my affirmation was my son has an affirmation we have we went out one day and we bought dozens of these little stones that these stones you uh you know the little the little stones you can sort of um put your thumb in and 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 yeah. almost like before fidget toys there were just these little stones you could just kind of carve a groove into with your thumb so my son has these all over the house and he has his own little affirmation and i said mommy's not going to help you you're smart enough you can write your own affirmation and then when you when you bring the stone out of your pocket at school when you get stressed i want you to say it over and over and so hunter he has uh, his affirmation he wrote this was i am loving and god is amazing i am loving and god is amazing <laughs> and he wrote like, that all by himself yeah yeah 
I am loving it. God is amazing. But when Good I started job, doing Mom. that, <laughs> when I started doing that, he gets suspended. He spits on kids. He still kind of has, you know, he's still eight years old. Um, but he, um, but he noticed that I had become sweeter and he started saying all the time, like he would wake up and, 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 you know, kids are so sweet in the morning, especially little boys with their mommies. And he would crawl in and, and he would crawl up on me and he'd be like, wake up, sweetest mommy. Mommy, you're so sweet. You're so sweet, mommy. And he just started calling me sweet. And I had never identified as sweet. So I, I feel like energetically, he felt that he felt that affirmation. He felt the change in me. But, you know, words are powerful. And the stories that we tell ourselves are really powerful. Yeah. They really yeah. are. And I think it's a lot of people, you know, they got these different stories in grain. A lot of them are from childhood. But they have these different stories of, in their head of who they are, what they can accomplish, what their limits are, you know, what, you know, and, and just about every aspect of life. And it's tough. Once those get ingrained, it's tough to even identify them and yeah, actually then go change. Yeah. Them. What sort of, you're on an interesting journey. You're, you're, you're in this, you know, you're, you're traveling and in story in all of human history, when someone, especially when a man is traveling, you are, if you're not, if you're not um, consciously looking for something, you're subconsciously looking for something because that's how men are. <laughs> always, there's always a purpose. There's always a goal. There's always a princess or a dragon or something. And uh, what, what kind of is the atmosphere in your head right now? And, and, and what, not necessarily what are you looking for, but what are you um, seeking sort of, of, of to feel in, in this moment? Wow. That's a profound question. <laughs> I'm going to think about that for a second. But as a little okay. aside story before we get into that, when I left the U.S. in 2013 and moved to Mexico, I ended up in Playa del Carmen. I just packed up my, my dog and my suitcase in a box and we drove to Playa from Vegas. And I remember it was one of my first couple nights in Playa, and I just was walking around town. I stopped at a place to have a beer, and I was drinking a beer. Some guy was sitting at the bar next to me, and, you know, he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, you know, it's American or Canadian or something. And uh, he's like, so which is it? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, everybody who ends up here, they're either looking for something or they're running from something. Interesting. <laughs> I was like, and it's always kind of, I'm kind of have that. Oh, at the time, I think I was running. Uh huh. At the time. Now, this is a whole, this is a whole different vibe than that time. I'm in a much different place in life. You know, that was post divorce, post getting wiped out in the real estate crash and have, losing everything. So it was, a, it was a, a very dark time in my life. And I think I just, I needed a change. So basically I think I was running from whatever ghosts I had in my past and, or, and carried some with me, but um, this is a whole different, this is a whole different thing this time. Yeah. My little world tour. I, I think it's, I think it's dragons to slay. Interesting. I don't know if there's a princess out there. Maybe, who knows? But I think I'm, I think I'm looking for the dragon. <laughs> so, but because what I did, um, you know, end of last year, uh, I shut down the very successful credit repair business. Yeah. 
And because it wasn't feeding my soul, there was a variety of reasons I didn't like it. But one of the main ones was that I was really having trouble scaling it up. I couldn't replace myself. So I was the one in the trenches every day, day in and day out, you know, 10 hours a day on the phone, doing sales, doing follow-up, doing credit coaching, doing credit report analysis, doing everything. Plus overseeing a staff and, you know, handling the admin stuff and, you know, everything. So there were long hours. I was making good money, but I kept having trouble putting somebody in place to take my place so that I could build more of a business instead of being the business. And I was having a lot of trouble doing that. So when I would look forward five years, I wouldn't see anything different. And that was very depressing to me because I wasn't necessarily enjoying myself. I will work and I will do that as long as it's the means to an end. But I'm about the freedom. Like we talked about in the beginning of this. Freedom is everything to me. Freedom to choose where you live. Freedom to choose what you do. All that. So I shut that down with the idea of now selling marketing products. And then as I went through that journey and met different people and talked to different people, the idea of this podcast came into play as well. So now it's a two-prong thing. I'm marketing credit products, business credit, personal credit, credit education, credit card, whatever, but I'm also doing the podcast. But these are things that allow me to be wherever because I found myself in a unique position last year. I you know, I had shut down the business, ended up breaking up with my long-term girlfriend, mm-hmm. and my dog was 13 years old. He ended up passing away. So those were the, the, the three factors that were limiting me from you know, moving to Thailand or, or doing whatever. So suddenly right. I had no, nothing keeping me in this time zone. I had no relationship to, to another person to consider. And, you know, Winston, I miss the hell out of him, but it is very tough to travel with a 96 pound pit bull. <laughs> so uh, I found myself in a pretty unique position that offered me this opportunity. So I figured, you know what, I'm kind of doing a world tour. I'm in Spain right now. I can see the Mediterranean right there out the window. Uh, tomorrow I'm leaving. I'm going to Abu Dhabi. Uh, and then from there on to Thailand, I'm going to be in Bangkok for like three days. And then I'm going to move to Chiang Mai for like a month. And then after that, like, I have no plans. Yeah. I have, it's, yeah. it's completely open. Like people, well, when are you going to be back? I'm like, I don't know. Like, oh, come on, Steve, you got to know, like, kind of like, what, what's your plans? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I have no beautiful. idea. It's beautiful. I mean, one conversation can change the course of your life. Right. And you're living with this anticipation and surrender at the same time. It, it, surrender is not passive, right? Eckhart Tolle's right. got a great quote about that. But you're living both with expectation and anticipation, as well as surrender. And 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 this is like this magic law of attraction formula <laughs> where uh, you know any anything can happen. And 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 there's a there's a reason that so many stories have. Um, sort of that hero's journey. And there's this cycle that that does involve physically going to a new place in order to learn something within ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. you, you leave your home to find yourself in, 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 in home again. And, yeah. and uh, it's, 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 you know, the, the, the fundamental, the hero's journey is the fundamental like story 
um, model that people use. But what's interesting also from the neuroscience standpoint, and I know Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza talks about this um, in one of his in one of his his books, um, which is when you physically travel to a new location, it it, the brain is more plastic. Really? Mm-hmm. Because you get okay. here's the thing. When you're at home, it's I'm 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 waking up. I'm using either the French press or the coffee maker. I'm making either pancakes or I'm just eating peanut butter and chocolate chips out of the jar most days. <laughs> Which See, is this is why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm wearing my work shoes, right? That because I'm so short that I have to wear platform shoes at my own desk. Um, and I'm, you know, using the same computer. I'm looking at the same keys sometimes for because I'm a writer. Sometimes up to twelve hours a day, I'm looking at the same keys. Right? Your brain doesn't have to really. Uh, your brain goes on sort of like this autopilot. You drive the same way to yoga or work. You don't even have to think about it. Well, when you travel, now everything is different. Sights and smells and sounds and, and textures, everything, Colors. the energy around you, everything is different. And so this makes your brain more malleable. So I would suggest um, that this is one of the more neuroplastic uh, times you've had certainly in several years. I would agree. I would agree. Cause I, I typically run my life very structured. Well, you know? yeah, your arm says discipline. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, you know, when I was in Phoenix for three years, I got up every single morning at four 30 AM. I was in the gym by five 15, you know, I would eat the oatmeal and 60 grams of whey protein immediately. I would take my pre-workout. I would go to the gym. I would be there for 90 minutes. I would come home. I would shower. I would have some fruit. I would go to work, you know, in my home office, but you know, it was, it was the same thing. Now, the funny thing is, it, there's 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 pros and cons to everything because that produced really good results for me in terms of mm -hmm. physique and income and you know stability of relationship. I was living with my girlfriend. It, it was everything was there, but yeah, you get in that groove, staring at the same computer, looking at the same credit reports, doing the same yeah. thing. I was doing it all. And, and then when you run your business, it's the same sales pitch every day. So sometimes. Oh like if you have a sales call or if you have a potential new client, you're literally repeating scripts all day. Yep. I know which tonality to use. I know which emphasis to put on what words. I would be halfway through and not realize that I had been even saying anything. I would just check out while I was giving my presentation to the client. I could answer the questions on, on, on autopilot. It was always the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, I, like I said, the pros and cons, like I had, I was just like, Today, last couple of days, like I told you when we, just, when we jumped on before we started recording, it's like it's been frustrating because yeah, yeah, yeah. all these little things that you would take for granted that would be so easy, like lighting and everything else, has been a giant catastrophe. An <laughs> opportunity. <know>? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the story and the words. No, I, and you know what? And I found myself yesterday because my webcam started working. Two of my three lights got fried because of the power, even though I was using an adapter. You know, it's just been one thing after the other. And, you know, I was in one of those places where you get in a little bit of a funk and I was like, 
man, this would, this would be so much easier if I just had my little podcast studio set up at home and everything was, you know, flip a switch and go. Right, but, naturally. <laughs> but you know what? That's not what I want right now. I'm going to take this podcast on the road and wherever I am, whether it's here in Spain and Abu Dhabi and Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam and the Philippines, Bali, wherever I end up over the next year, two years, whatever, I'm going to be doing this podcast on the road and I'm going to make it work no matter what it takes. So once I yep. kind of sat down with myself, myself and had that talk, well then, okay, like, whatever, a webcam, I have another webcam, you know, like it's, I will figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. You will. You are figuring it out. And we're you here, know, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. And the happy accidents along the way, just kind of, you know, you get to what's the, um, what are, what are the memes with, um, the artist with the, with the, um, with the curly oh, Afro. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's clouds. <laughs> little bird, a fluffy little bird. <laughs> oh, we'll make birds. <laughs> That's yeah, not a mistake. A cute little bush. <laughs> the best the best is the bob ross means now and people are going wait clouds didn't look like that did they and they're showing the chemtrails <laughs> i saw those we can always get back to some sort of conspiracy reality always conspiracy <laughs> reality yeah. It's it's so funny. I am so nauseated by the term conspiracy theorist. If I hear that come out of somebody's mouth, again, it's probably should go back to the being kind thing. But the minute I hear <laughs> that come out of somebody's mouth, I just automatically discount their intelligence. I know, I know, I know. Like, oh, well, he's a fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> like, like, why why do you think that that it's not a possibility that the CIA killed uh, John F. Kennedy? Well because the news told me so oh what about the millions millions of documents that suggest otherwise <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like who's doing their research you know it's it's generally those people with with theories who are doing science who are who are right. trying to get down down to the bottom of things and also the appreciation that you have when you when you travel like this, the appreciation you have for being American and the appreciation you find for, you know, you do this eat, pray, love Elizabeth Gilbert thing. You're doing a male eat, pray, love thing. But like you, 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 you travel to these exotic places and you're on these beaches. And, you know, I saw outside the place you're staying right now, you've got the mosaic lined, you know, yeah. A condo there in the gorgeous view and it looked like a castle out in front of you but you know we generally come home with a new appreciation for maybe the united states maybe american people or you know for 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 sort of what what we do have here and having traveled and lived in many different countries myself uh until i had a child of course but having traveled <laughs> or else i'd be many... meeting you in thailand here soon right exactly exactly <laughs> some someday but having traveled a lot what strikes me is always this tremendous appreciation for for being american and uh also the the weight of responsibility because what I find, especially especially 
in places like Thailand and and is that people are looking to us. It is absolutely critical, absolutely critical that we have our act together because what we do dictates what happens in the rest of the world. And the stupid shit we do in the Ukraine, it's stupid the other shit side. shit we do all over the world. And yeah. just, you know, like, it's very strange. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine. He's from London. And, yeah. you know, we were talking about the different woke bullshit that's going on in the States and all this stuff mm -hmm. and just the absolute disregard for anything remotely resembling the truth. And, and we kind of talk about, you know, how that goes, you know, with, in terms of dating and things like that, because, you know, if I, if I, if I'm single and I'm dating and I, I go come across somebody's profile and they have pronouns with it, again, I just automatically discount them. You know, yeah, sure. you got pronouns in your profile, you're out. But, right. and I'm like, you know, so in my mind, I was like, you know, it, there's a lot of people, you know, they call it the passport bro movement, you know, where these guys are leaving the U.S., going out of the country, wherever it is, whether it's Asia or South America or Europe or whatever, to find women who aren't so corrupted and crazy. And... And he, you know, he was like, man, because he travels a lot too. And he was like, you know what? It, it's, it, it's, it started like a, a tumor metastasizing in, in the U.S. He's like, but it's spreading. It's spreading. You can think of the countries as other organs. And he's like, they're all starting to get infected. He's like, you're starting to see the same shit everywhere because of that. The social media, the, the presence that U.S. has in terms of movies and, and all the entertainment and things like that. Well, we're going to see, unfortunately, what we understand from history is that sometimes it's not going to get better till it hits sort of rock bottom. And I think with, with what we understand right now is that kids are the victims, not just of certain bioweapons. And, 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 and that now, now Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough, what he's finding in the, in the jabs uh, you know, we, we, we could see, you know, 70% of the world's population. I don't think 70% of the world's population had the shot. I think they think they took the shot and a lot of them took placebos. Thank God. I, I that's, that's, my were, prayer. that's my prayer. I know a lot prayer. of people who got fake vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. how they did it. I have no idea, but of course. I love I Americans no for that reason, because you know what? I don't know a lot of Canadians who, who got fake ones, but I know a lot of Americans who do. But And I don't know how they did it either because I'm an entrepreneur. I never was required to do anything. So, right. um, you know, what I do love is that when we do a course correction, when we decide to stop hurting these kids, when we decide to get the kids off TikTok, where within 90 seconds, they're either going to be approached by some pervert child molester, or they're going to get told that their body sucks and they're in the wrong uh, gender, whatever. When we say no, it's going to be America that puts its foot down. And, 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 and we are going to have that 1776 type, fuck you, we're not taking any more of this. I hope you're right. Because it's going to go one of two ways. There's only, it's a binary, just like men and women, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either a failed empire completely, 
because yeah. every single empire, great empire that has folded from the Romans to the Greeks to everything else, prior to the collapse of the empire, they became focused on stupid shit like gender. 100%. You're exactly right. We're towing that line. We're we're we're, we're kind of right walking. <laughs> so we could be a completely failed empire. And once we get weak enough, we'll we will get overtaken by the ones who aren't like Russia and China. They're not they're not spending billions of dollars trying to convince men to wear makeup. They are training. They are becoming better. They are becoming more educated. They are on TikTok. They have their stuff set so that their kids can only see educational content. Right. So there's there's a direction with that. So we're either going to collapse completely. I mean, everybody, you know, the BRICS or they're going off the, the U.S. dollar. They're creating their own currency backed by gold. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Or there could be like an internal revolution because what we're starting to see now is that the cool kids in school, the ones who are kind of oh, anti-establishment, the ones that are kind of, they're the right wingers. They're the ones who are like, screw you, boys and boys and girls are girls, you know, like. <laughs> Fuck you. This is this. You're lying. They're the outcasts. Right. They're the rebels. They're the ones who, you know, right. I, did you see what I posted the other day? Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. You remember uh, Johnny Rotten, right? With the sex pistols? No. Okay. Super anti-establishment, you know, like um, the sex pistols were a punk band in England back then. No, I don't yeah. remember. Okay. Um, so where, um, probably now I can't find it. <laughs> but basically he said, I never thought I'd live to see the day where the right wing conservatives are the rebels giving the middle finger to the establishment. Uh-huh. Yeah. It used to be completely the opposite. You know, it was always yeah. the liberals that were like, you know, screw the government and the conservatives were like total line. Those roles have completely reversed now. So the cool kids in school, the ones coming up, the ones who are rebels, the ones who are flipping off authority are the ones who are like the truthers. Yeah. It's funny, even, even like being a parent, I tell my son all the time, I'm like, you know, the devil is the prince of lies. He loves to deceive. He loves to take something that God created that's really beautiful and twist it and pervert it. And everywhere you walk, you're going to hear lies. The most important skill that you can develop in our number one family value. We only have three family values that we repeat constantly, constantly, constantly. Honestly. But the number, the number one thing is tell the truth. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, really simple. It's tell the truth, respect your mommy and daddy. We're, we're working on respecting mommy cause mommy's such a pushover and he can play me, but you know, tell the truth, respect mommy and daddy and and respect others um that's that's all we're working on right now but tell the truth is number one because he not only needs to be truthful which is courageous in this day because you 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 say how you really feel and you're ostracized in aspen from 80 percent of society wow, you know that crazy in aspen huh it's so it's it's crazy yeah it's they're off the rockers. So it's telling the truth and it's it's recognizing that most of what you see is lies. So I've had to tell him, your teachers believe a lot of lies because they're gonna lose their jobs if they don't. 
and they don't have the courage to stand up for themselves and for you. So you need to understand exactly what our family values are. Because right now I can't get you out of that school, although I'm trying. I need you to understand your values and to opt yourself out of things that make you uncomfortable. And when, when adults are talking about sex, I'm like, when adults are talking about anything that has to do with sex, you get out of there. What's sex? Oh, I just stepped in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll have that conversation too. We might as well. And then I told a friend, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, Hunter asked and I avoided it. He asked again, I avoided it. And I was like, don't you want to talk about whales and killer whales? And then pandas are hilarious. But uh, he, uh, he, I, 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 I shared with a friend, I'm like, is he too young for that conversation? And she told me about something. She said, it's the uh, law of um, like first, uh, like it's basically like the law of, 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 of first, uh, like first explanation or first something like first. this. I'll think of it in a minute, but whoever tells you something, whoever defines something first, uh, that person is the authority on that subject. So I thought that was really interesting. So there's all there are all these really weird things going on in the schools right now and i'm going down the list of the absolutely horrible things that are happening i mean they're making meth and chemistry class in a denver area high school you're kidding it's, me it's, right yeah 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 it's first exposure it's the law or the rule of first exposure if i'm the first one to talk to my kid about drugs sex, whatever, I'm the authority on it. So I'm just like, all right, buddy, give me your questions. What do you want to ask mommy? I'll tell you anything. Let's do this. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true though. And that's why they're pushing the younger and younger in the schools uh -huh. because they uh -huh. can position themselves as authority and take the parents out of that loop. Mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Is, is, Oh, don't tell mom and dad, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna put you on some, some, some hormone, you know, therapy and, 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 you know, we're just, oh, it's going to feel good. And there's no harmful side effects, you know, and, and they're just blatant outright lies. Well, even if there are few side effects, what is the long-term effect? This is what people didn't think when they were getting jabbed in 2021-22 is, well, does this turn into cancer? Well, according to Dr. Peter McCullough, you've got about eight years, you know, uh, from what we can see. And, and this is new. Yeah, those are actually highly likely, it turns out. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But, but, but what's the long-term effect of, of these drugs? And, and so we're, we're assertively, aggressively putting gender clinics in the schools, carting kids off to, to get abortions and, and cut the, carve them bodies up. And I'm sitting here going, man, it was great when I was a teenager and I just, I just had a rusty pair of kids scissors and I'm playing with my skin and I'm, and I'm, 
you know, fooling around with anorexia and bulimia and, and I'm, you know, going to third base behind the building. And like, it was just so much different back then. It, it was like, you get that self mutilation shit out of your system. And then if you're lucky, if you were one of the rich kids where I grew up, maybe your mom or dad can afford a therapist. But it, it wasn't like all of a sudden the whole, you know, the school and the principal and the counselors are all, you know, like swarming around you like the Secret Service and like, okay, okay, are you confused? Do you want to hurt yourself? Oh, you're in the wrong body. Okay, we need to put you on drugs. Don't tell your mom, you know? And 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 we just, we, we figured this shit out. We figured it out together. Um, and uh, and self-mutilation was quite a temporary it was quite a temporary thing when 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 I was a, when I was a kid. It's gotten to, it's gotten to involve a lot of drugs and 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 it's really it's really really scary. The only place that the parents can infiltrate, unfortunately, right now, is to pressure the schools at the very very mm, grassroots level. Unfortunately, this has nothing to do with marching around Washington. This has to do with getting involved in these school boards and right, flipping the very, very boards. basic level. Yeah. And flipping those progressive school boards. But 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 I'll tell you what, that is no small feat. I've I've this is this is like a 10, 20 hour a week commitment for these people. It's it's That's unbelievable. Uh-huh. It's crazy yeah. that we have to try and convince people so hard that Boys are boys and girls are girls. Once again, the devil loves lies. He loves to take what God created and, and you know, pervert it. Yep. And yeah. so sad. But that mindset that you had of not fearing freedom being, what'd you say? Freedom is the lack of fear? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need more coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Freedom is, is, is really rooted in not fearing anything. Anyone who escapes slavery, it's because they didn't, they might've been, they might've been, they might've been scared, but they believed that they could escape. And I think what we're seeing and what you pointed out is people are scared that they can't feed their families and that's why they comply. And that's, that's a powerful tool because everybody that's your base as a mom or a dad, that is your base, especially as a, a a guy you provide and protect. Yeah. And if that is taken away from you, that's, you know, that's, you know, you hear all these people, you know, everybody, you know, ties into Andrew Tate and he's horrible and all that kind of stuff, but he's true. It's, it's, if you don't, you is your duty really. Yeah to escape the matrix. Because if you actually want to live life in your own terms and not be controlled by, oh, I'll take your job away or whatever, then you have to figure out a way to get out of it and get out from underneath the thumb of the matrix. And it's it's difficult to do. And yeah, it can be scary, but I, you know, to, to live the other way is inconceivable to me. Inconceivable, that's absolutely right. You know, I'll leave you with this. Um, because unfortunately I have to go, uh, babysit, a a, a a sales funnel All right. for, uh, for a union, uh, client of mine. And, uh, boy, they are, they are old fashioned over at those unions. 
And um, what one of one of my favorite illustrations, I think about it at least weekly, um, sometimes daily, and that is the concept that in the American Revolution only I believe it's about two percent of the um society, the dissident society was was physically in combat yep. and approximately ten percent of the dissident um the the revolutionary voices were just voices and just supporting the two percent of the fighters. A yep. lot of that was pastors at their pulpits, et cetera. But if critical mass was only 13%, 12% during the American Revolution, I think we have a chance to not be the failed experiment it looks like we are. There's still, there's still a chance. Mm -hmm. There's still a chance. Or else we'll go down fighting because that's how we do it. Whatever. <laughs> or in my case, I'll just move and be in a tropical paradise somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But no, yeah, I think I, I think know. that people need to speak up, you know, because when I started talking about doing this podcast and stuff, there were a lot of people who advised me to stay away from topics like this. Well, yeah. Okay. If you if you just want to kiss everyone's ass and virtue signal and greenwash and all that other stuff people are doing, yeah, you can you can follow the crowd or you can follow your heart. I mean, I I right. I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, we we're pretty clear on what I'm gonna do. So <laughs> <laughs> That that's never been a question. I am not going to be muzzled, and you know what? Maybe I won't get the sponsors that some of these other people get, but I am going to speak the truth, not my truth, not anybody else's truth, just the truth. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's it. Absolutely. There is no twisting it up. The truth is the truth. So yeah, that's it. Well, I respect you for even trying. Like I said, I'm getting roped into co-hosting a podcast just for a season. Um, That's awesome, but, though. Yeah, tremendous discipline. I respect you for it. <laughs> uh, you're going to be awesome with that podcast. And maybe uh, when you get that, we'll have you back and you can yeah. tell us all about that and promote that a little bit. There's always going to be, yeah, there's always going to be something new going on. That I can assure you. Right now, the big, I think I already mentioned this to you. But but right now, the big project that's going to take up my fall, we've got a few really interesting books that we're producing that are coming out um, and uh, by by some official whistleblowers coming out of Washington and the Department of Defense and stuff like that. But we also have a sort of religious whistleblower. We have a man who, for the last 17 years, has done a whole bunch of archaeological um digs and studied the dead sea scrolls and and he's going to kind of he's he's spent some time putting together this entire uh incredible uh matrix theory of of the corruption of actually the bible and how intentionally words have been used in the bible stories have been manipulated ever so slightly to separate people from god and make them more dependent on the religious authorities and so we're going to go hard um and 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 a lot of that obviously the epicenter is the the vatican but it's obviously it's 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 bigger than that now because it's a, it's a cancer and it's in the protestant churches too so so really cool projects coming up as always perucci 
publishing is working with all of the people that the progressives do not want to hear from. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And you are going <laughs> to ruffle some feathers with that. So <laughs> I can't wait. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I was honored to have you on and we'll do this again once we get those things released. Cause I really want to hear more about, especially that last one. That's going to, yeah. that's going to mess some people up. Yeah. I might have to take <laughs> off and do, and, and I might have to take off and, and, and hustle it for a month my, all, all by myself instead of relying on, on other PR teams. Cause it's just too special. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, have an amazing day and I will be in touch. I'll be in ooh, what? Thailand by this weekend somehow. So I'll send you some pics. Good. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Have a great day.